0: can hear me uh, okay. Uh, I, this is uh, a, a, a race uh, for this hour, uh, my prediction uh, so I'll uh, go ahead and get us started so let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, Lord, we are thankful uh, that you've uh, gathered us uh, together today to worship you but also uh, to uh, gather here now. Uh, to study your word, and in particular, uh, this single covenant that you've established uh, with your people uh, to redeem us. Uh, So Father, we pray that you would uh, be with us, uh, guide us in Holy Spirit, uh, that we would understand these things, that we would be able to build each other up uh, in the knowledge of your word, Father, and we pray all these things in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Uh, so, uh, if uh, if someone came in uh, before I put the handouts on that table, there are handouts on the table. Uh, so today uh, we are going to continue uh, Robertson's uh, Christ of the Covenants uh, in Chapter Three of a four chapter uh, stage setting, uh, an overview uh, of his study. Um, but uh, what I want to first do is just kind of get us warmed up a little bit. So stand up. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, let's, let's review kind of what Matthew uh, went over with us in chapters uh, 1 and 2. Uh, so chapter 1, uh, Robertson kind of built a case for his uh, description or definition of a covenant. So does anyone remember how we... Uh, arrived at uh at that what was the overarching description of uh of a covenant right uh so we we kind of he he kind of built uh that case thank you Uh, So a bond uh, in blood sovereignly administered was the uh, correct answer, thank you, Landon. Okay, uh, moving on, and and by the way, Matthew did a a terrific job of stage setting for for, for the book. Uh, But uh, chapter two, uh, unfortunately we didn't have, not unfortunately, poor choice of words uh, from me, uh, but we we really uh, did not have a lot of time to go through uh, Chapter Two, which was uh, the extent of the covenants. And Robertson was making the case uh, there that uh, th- this extends uh, from the initial covenant creation to the consummation of the ages, and he and he kind of walked through uh, some of the covenants are are very easy to link together. Uh, So he spent some time uh, making that case so that we would understand uh, that this isn't just a a single uh, dispensation. These things occur through time, uh, but they do extend. So um, now what I want to do is pick up the third point he's going to make. And and this is kind of a four-part series. So next week we're going to look at a different element of this stage setting. But this one is the unity uh, of the covenants. Uh, and if uh, hopefully you got a chance to look at this ahead of time, but he really outlines and has sub-outlines and sub-elements, so uh, I've tried in the handout to just help, and this, this maybe is helping me uh, more than anybody, kind of keep track of that embedded case that he's making so that as he steps out, uh, you kind of understand uh, where, where that is. Now, what I will not do, is deep dive uh, each of these covenants because that's what we're gonna do in subsequent chapters is kind of look at these. Uh, But uh, we're gonna walk through this outline, kind of the rationale that supports uh, the case that all of these covenants uh, are unified and that they're part of the redemptive uh, plan that God has for us. Uh, So in the beginning, uh, the. Uh, Robertson's overarching thesis, you can see it there. Uh, you know, I've just made the case. Um, so if, if these, uh, if, if God's condescending with us in terms of these covenants, uh, Matthew mentioned that great chasm, the Westminster Confession of Faith reminds us uh, that uh, we can't even imagine the chasm between uh, us and God. Um, how do these, uh, covenants uh, work together, and are they uh, successive uh, or uh, distinctive, or do they build upon one another? So, uh, you know, punchline up front uh, these aren't uh, covenants that replace one another, uh, these uh, build upon one another. And his outline here uh, he will take us through this case in two. Uh, 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 cases, one is structural, what he calls uh, structural, and then the other is thematic. Uh, So let's start with the structural, and further, he breaks this down into looking at uh, the historical experience uh, of the people, and then he takes a look at the genealogical uh, references that are in the Bible that help tie these together. So the first thing we're gonna look at is the history of uh, the people during these covenants. And he further breaks down the history of the people of the covenants into two elements, uh, starting with uh, the inauguration uh, of the covenant. So that's what we're gonna do. And, and another, I, I kind of uh, mentioned this a little bit already, what he tends to do uh, uh, is focus on the Abrahamic, the Mosaic, and the Davidic covenants. And then he kind of builds from there because that's that's very rich and there's a lot there. So he'll kind of start there and he'll say, okay, well now we've established that. Let's look at the new covenant. Let's go back and look at the Noahic and the creation and the uh, covenants of grace. So that's, um, if you're expecting a chronological uh, treatment, he doesn't do that. So uh, that... Uh, uh, will help us a little bit. So uh, let's look at the points of inauguration uh, of these covenants, starting with, and in the notes I shorthand, AMD is Abraham, Moses, and uh, David. Uh, otherwise, uh, I, I imposed on myself four page handout. It cannot go more than four pages, and so I had to start cheating. Um, I even widened the margins, uh, you know, all all, all the uh, tricks. So our baseline here is the, uh, uh, co- the covenant with Abraham. Uh, so uh, the inauguration uh, there in Genesis 15, uh, you can see uh, there that the, the theme here is, uh, that the, his covenant with Moses is, you're gonna be my uh, people. Uh, and he, as when we go through the covenant uh, in subsequent weeks, we'll look at the various aspects uh, of that, how he uh, instantiated that. But that's kind of the initial idea. What are some of the other big rocks uh, from uh, the covenant with Abraham? What are some of the I wills uh, that he says? Just to kind of set the tone, what is this relationship that God is setting uh, with his people, some of the big ideas. Yes. Yeah, another one. Repeat the question. Oh, I'm sorry. So uh, the idea of "I will be your God, you will be my people." Thank you. What what other what other things does he tell Abraham? Right, so um, you can't see them today, but uh, you know he says, you know, if you can number them, uh, you know, look at the stars. That's how uh, numerous your descendants will be, uh, and also land is a big uh, seed. Uh, no pun intended. It gets planted there in that initial uh, covenant, and he, he describes to Abraham, uh, you know, these folks uh, will come from your body. Uh, And they will be strangers, and I will give them uh, the land at some point. So that's kind of the baseline for uh, the relationship. So now, let's go to the uh, covenant uh, with Moses and look at that uh, inauguration. Uh, So you can see there uh, in the handout, uh, Exodus 6, uh, 4 through 8. Oh, our... Hopefully, they're not out. Is there one there? Okay, thanks. Okay, um, Exodus 6, uh, four through eight, uh, and uh, the the author, and you can see it there, uh, what he's doing in this uh, treatment is he's tying, he's showing the relationship between uh, the, the next chapter of the covenant with the previous one. So you can see there uh, referencing uh, that promise that I made to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, so there's a tie there uh, to uh, what's going on when uh, God uh, makes that covenant uh, with Moses there. Uh, giving you that land, as Matthew said, uh, as, a, as a heritage. Uh, one one uh, pause that the author makes after you know going uh through uh the the inauguration is there's a, an objection to the unity principle amongst the covenants uh that are sometimes cited and the I, I, I maybe objection is uh too strong a word but it's the idea of hey some of the things that you're citing occurred before the word covenant shows up uh, in, in the Bible uh, for Moses. Uh, so uh, w- what, uh, what you'll recall if you've gotten a chance to read this is that Robertson makes the case of, just because the word covenant doesn't show up here, at a t- there, there are lots of foreshadowing, there are lots of promises that occur, and as we look back, we can see that bigger picture and we can connect those uh, dots. Uh, so there's that treatment there that uh, refutes uh, what some people would say is, no, 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 you're speeding uh, in connecting uh, some of these elements because the coven wasn't formally ordained in chapter X, and you're uh, talking about something that uh, looks like a duck's walks like a duck, yep, that, that's, that's part of the covenant that was going on, so, and that's common uh, throughout uh, scripture, and we'll talk about that a lot, I'm sure, uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, so there's that little um, uh, side uh, treatment there. Uh, next, he goes to the Davidic, uh, the uh, instantiation or the inauguration of the uh, Davidic co- uh, covenant. Um, and that's in uh, uh, here I've uh, recalled uh, we'll all recall second uh, Samuel where uh, David is saying the ark is in a tent and here I am in this house um, and uh, Nathan uh, his advisor the prophet uh, tells him uh, that uh, God is with you, do as you please and what he what he pleased to do uh, in Jerusalem, he didn't do it. His son uh, Solomon did it. Uh, was that place uh, that uh, uh, in the Mosaic Covenant, uh, what God said is, "I'm, I'm going to name, uh, I'm going to name a place." And here in the Davidic Covenant, uh, that theme is tied to uh, back to that Mosaic uh, Covenant. In addition to some of those uh, references. Uh, so that's a very, I'm gonna pause here just for, uh, to, to see if there's any questions about uh, when the uh, uh, covenants, the AMD covenants were inaugurated, that there are ties to each of those. Uh, so are there any uh, other uh, questions or any questions at all or comments about that little microcosm of the unity of the covenants between Abraham, Moses, and David? Okay, so I think we've, we've kind of uh, got that. And I've uh, skipped over a lot of the references uh, that you'll see that not just um, talk about the point of inauguration, but also the foreshadowing, you know, the signs, later references in the Bible from the Psalms that point back to these things and, you know, hit us over the head that said, yep, that was a covenant uh, that was going on. Uh, if it wasn't specifically in our in our translations uh, identified as such, um, okay so the next uh, thing he does now is he says, well okay let's look at the uh, new covenant uh, instantiation and and then after that he'll look at the covenants with uh, Noah and the covenants uh, in the time of uh, Adam, uh, both uh, what we Uh, Call the covenant of works and the covenant of grace pre and post uh, sin. Um, Oh, uh, excuse me. Uh, You know what I have skipped? Uh, In this history of life, I mentioned that there are, uh, you know, kind of two elements there. Um, And I skipped over uh, the next part after that decoy is this genealogical uh, reference. Uh, throughout scripture, so let's uh, take a look at uh, that uh, a little bit, got ahead of myself. So uh, Robertson's question, uh, it, it's uh, its its interesting. So uh, does the genealogical principle go forward and backward in time, and I'm paraphrasing uh, uh, Robertson, uh, he doesn't say this, but this is the point he's gonna make with us, uh, uh, that we are members of past covenants as though we were there, and are we members of future uh, covenants uh, uh, after, uh, you know, we have died, uh, so to speak? So this idea that uh, a covenant was made at a point in time, but how does the genealogical principle apply? Uh, and he cites a couple of uh, passages. And actually, uh, w- one of the things we discussed last week uh, with, with Matthew, uh, he asked a question from the catechism who did God make the covenant uh, with at the time of creation? And the answer was Christ. Uh, so that's, that's kind of a, a, a big example of this idea of this uh, time uh, warp, if you will, that we find ourselves in. So uh, I'm in 1B1 now, uh, the seed concept present in uh, all of those three covenants. Uh, uh, and you'll see that with uh, references to generations. Uh, and, and he cites, uh, you know, Genesis, uh, many in Genesis and Exodus and Deuteronomy, and even in 2 Samuel uh, with the Davidic covenants, uh, this reference to you and the generations that are going to follow you for an everlasting covenant. So that's kind of the next treatment he makes in uh, this part of the outline of uh, the history uh, of the people and the, and the uh, genea- uh, genealogy. Uh, he then, uh, and, and Deuteronomy uh, 2.3, uh, so that's one of the passages uh, in the Mosaic Covenant that he cites uh, that particularly hammers on this genealogical uh, uh, treatment. Um, and uh, then later in Deuteronomy uh, 29, Uh, So I wanted to just kind of talk a little bit about this because what's going on here is they're recalling that initial uh, covenant uh, 40 years ago that was made at Mount Sinai in Horeb. Uh, So the point is uh, that covenant was not uh, made uh, to our fathers. That was made with us. And the us in this situation is 40 years later. Uh, now the the uh, Robertson does identify that uh, the point was those men of war uh, they have all passed uh, there there could have been uh, children at the time forty years ago that are now present in this new when when uh, Moses isn't going to make it to the promised land, uh, but that that's what 's going on here is that remembering that renewal of the Mosaic uh, covenant, and he uh, makes that statement that. That covenant 40 years ago, most of you weren't uh, here when that was made, that was with us. Uh, and then uh, he flips that around um, in, uh, let's see, Deuteronomy uh, Mos- or, uh, 29, 14. Uh, Moses extends the provisions of the covenant uh, to those that are not present at that time. So here's, there, I, I just went through the backward looking part of this we weren't there, but that a covenant applies to us today, and that covenant is gonna apply uh, future uh, and ongoing. And then interestingly, and you'll, you'll uh, note uh, references to a thousand generations and things like that, so Robertson actually does a little math problem. He said, well, even uh, for those that uh, are uh, taking uh, that literally, uh, what does that actually mean? So he goes through the math and he says, hey, assuming a, presuming a generation is about 20 years, how long is 1,000 generations? And the punchline is, we've got 16,000 years to go from the time they were made. So even if it's literal, it's a long time. Um, so that, uh, that kind of in- concludes the uh, treatment of the history of the people. Looking at that through the inauguration of the covenant and this genealogical principle, the words that were stated uh, regarding the generations and seed uh, and understanding uh, what that means. Uh, so the, uh, the now, what he's gonna do is take a look at the new covenant. Yes, Matthew. And, and, and he is going to go there. Uh, Robertson seems like he he kind of sets these little building blocks. And uh, at our uh, men's breakfast yesterday, we uh, you know talked about uh, this a little bit. I think biblicism, uh, you know, Landon was the form where uh, Robertson is kind of addressing some of these other thoughts. And we kind of talked about that at the opening. That mixed in here are some counter arguments to things that uh, we will. Uh, come across, and uh, what hopefully I, I think uh, Matthew, uh, what you said, because I don't uh, and couldn't repeat it all. Um, that's the beauty, uh, and, and really the whole point of this single redemptive uh, plan. And if you don't understand that, and there are many of our brothers and sisters that don't, uh, you're you're missing out uh, on an awful lot. Uh any any other uh comments before we move on to the new uh covenant? Yes, Landon. And I'll get you Jay. And I that's uh, that's a great segue to the next point, uh, because Robertson then walks us through and, and makes the point these covenants are not just about what he calls the externalities. Uh, the The land uh, you, know, is the primary example. Uh, and you just you know identified the spirit, uh, but you know these covenants have that aspect uh, as well as some of these you know, signs that we can, you know, see and get our uh, hands around. So that's a great uh, point, Landon. Uh, thanks for bringing that up. Um, he he uh, also uh, next covers in this genealogical treatment two uh, principles uh, that are going on, and, and they're listed there as the uh, grafting and pruning principles, right? Uh, so uh, grafting is uh, the first one he goes over. Uh, and that's the idea. So the physical, uh, the bloodline uh, in the creative order, that is not the comprehensive definition of the people in the covenant. Uh, so can anyone uh, come up with an example uh, of that principle that it isn't just uh, the, uh, the bloodline of Abraham uh, that are members uh, of these covenants? Yes Yes, yes, so uh the Gentiles being grafted in you know much uh, of the treatment and the uh uh the mission of the apostles uh is to uh define you know who who are god's people uh how uh, any any others? Yes. Rahab. David. Rahab. uh right. And so that idea of uh, the, the strangers that are within you, those that you've purchased, so when you go back and look at those uh, uh, covenants, you can see that it's not just direct uh, descendants, very much a covenantal uh, description uh, that he makes here. Now now what, ab- what about the opposite uh, case? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Jacob and Esau. One I loved, one I did not. Uh, So God is sovereign in this principle, which also applies here to this next, uh, the flip side of that coin. There's the grafting in, and then there is the pruning. Uh, Right, so uh, does anyone have any examples of uh, the pruning part of uh, God's uh, people? Unfortunately, there's a lot of examples of the pruning part of God's people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> right. David. So, so Nathan? Was a child. Oh, was, Eli. Eli. Eli, okay. and uh there there's lots of examples of pruning uh going on in in scripture uh, anybody uh else so that's uh jay i'm sorry I... how have you done this thing yeah yes with 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 that agricultural imagery uh and so we we don't miss that what was there yes well, I was about the whole kind of yeah he, as a matter of fact where he goes uh you know i'll uh, get here in a few minutes this uh it, particularly when we talk about the davidic com- uh, uh covenant uh th- you know the triumphs uh but many more. Uh, devastations and uh, setbacks, as he uh, calls them. So we'll we'll, uh, go there next. Sure, uh, you know there's uh, and that was the whole case with the Israelites, uh, getting them to understand uh, that very idea. Okay, uh, next, um, the author, so we've he's kind of treated the A m d. Uh, now we're going to go look at the uh, New covenant uh, and consider how that uh, relates. And here his outline, he he has two buckets here. He's, there's the forward-looking prophecies uh, of the new covenant, and then there's what uh, Christ and the new covenant says concerning uh, the, the realizations is what uh, he will call those. Uh, so in your outline, I've uh, cited just two. Last week, we, we did talk about Jeremiah uh, 31. Uh, that uh, prophecies um, uh, forward, I will put my law uh, in their minds, write it in their hearts, will forgive their iniqui- iniquity and their sin, uh, I will remember no more. That's Jeremiah 31. Uh, and just as uh, Robertson makes the point uh, that just as uh, the Mosaic Covenant you know, is redeeming people from Egypt, uh, the parallel here uh, is that the redemption is uh, from our sin. Uh, that's, that's the new covenant parallelism there. And then uh, also uh, cites in Jeremiah 32 uh, that, uh, and, and again, he's using that as a tie back to the Abrahamic covenant. Because what he's doing now is I've made that building block case. And now let's consider the new covenant and those ties back demonstrating that unity. Uh, likewise, in uh, Ezekiel, um, what he references there is now uh, kind of talking about the kingly aspect, which uh, uh, the Davidic covenant uh, features prominently there. Uh, so Exodus 34, um, uh, there are 23 uh, through 25, uh, so identifies uh, uh, David as that shepherd and that, that uh, personification. Uh, and also, uh, the, the terminology is introduced here, and I don't think it's introduced here, but it's definitely cited here, uh, this covenant of uh, peace, uh, the, uh, referring to the new uh, covenant and hearkening back uh, to those Old Testament uh, covenants. And you can look up uh, you know, lots of uh, obvious uh, prophecies uh, to the no, new covenant in Isaiah uh, and uh, elsewhere. Uh, and, and you should, uh, you're, you're familiar with those when you uh, get to them. Um, I had Isa, uh, Isaiah 54. I know, uh, Landon, you mentioned 59 earlier. Okay, um, after uh, he uh, kind of looks at the uh, forward looking, uh, he goes to Hebrews, uh, looking at the, uh, uh, the, you know, what does the Bible say concerning the New Testament's fulfillment of these other instantiations uh, of the covenant. And you can see, uh, starting with the, uh, the inauguration of the new covenant, which Christ does, and we, uh, we repeat that uh, every Sunday uh, at the Lord's table, uh, where, where he instantiates that. Uh, So, you know, that's a, you know, just such a great visual uh, reminder for all of us that now this is fulfilled. This is not something we're looking forward to. This is something uh, that's been uh, realized. Uh, But all of Christ's ministry and and resurrection, uh, death uh, and and resurrection, um, you know, well-established themes uh, back to those uh, covenants. Uh, Passover, we talked about some of this uh, yesterday. Um wow uh what what uh this uh westminster uh confession of faith one nine uh uh is pretty important here, and it's the idea uh you know particularly as we you know kind of parachute into some of these dispensations of the covenant uh and we've talked around it a little bit that we need to look at all of scripture uh, to look at these things. So, you know, scripture, interpreting scripture uh, is one of the points uh, that's uh, made here. Um, So Hebrews refers back to Jeremiah 31. uh, So there's, you know, quite a tight linkage between uh, those. Uh, in, in, in Hebrews 9, this is not something... He, he, uh, Robertson may talk about testament versus covenant. We talked about uh, that a lot uh, last week, and Stephen uh, helped us with uh, why uh, that has materialized uh, in, in those references, uh, but just wanted to add, I don't remember the context that we talked about that last week, uh, but there in, in uh, Hebrews again, uh, those two words. So just wanted to kind of call that uh, uh, out. Uh, and the, my point with scripture, uh, uh, to, to put a finer point on it, uh, sometimes as we look at some of these descriptions of a covenant, uh, and we'll all remember, you know, this is passed away. So you can understand where people would take a look at some of that phraseology and said, okay, well, These must be separate things. It's not all the same thing because of uh, some of that phraseology. Uh, But it isn't until you understand that this is a single covenant that the author is making a point to an audience who is tying in properly back to a covenant versus understanding what Christ has done uh, for all of us. So sometimes the words can lead you down that path of, wait a minute, is this different? Uh, or not. So that's where it's very important to realize uh, when you come across something like that, uh, to look at the totality and uh, go to other scripture, uh, versus parachuting into something and saying, "Ah, that's what it's that's uh, what it says." End of, end of story. All right. Moving right along. Um, The uh, next uh, part of the chapter is now going backward and look at the covenant with Noah and then the covenants at the time of Adam, uh, pre and post fall. Uh, So with Noah, uh, the the punchline that Robertson arrives at there as this is very much a creation-themed covenant because as we'll recall, uh, what God was doing Uh, was uh, destroying uh, creation. And the covenant he makes with Noah is very much about that uh, creation, and I'm not going uh, to do that. So the tie uh, there is with that uh, creation and land uh, part of that covenant. And we can read about that in uh, Genesis uh, and also um, refers back to the Adamic covenants, uh, be fruitful and multiply, right? That was God's initial uh, commandment amongst those many other responsibilities that man has uh, in the uh, creative order. Uh, he uh, looks at uh, the, uh, th- and here's another case where he doesn't look at the pre-sin and the post-sin Adam. He starts with the, the post-sin uh, Adam, and this is uh, on uh, page forty-five. So post-fall Adam, uh, and and this is a uh, interesting, and you you may have heard the phrase: "Are we sinners because we sin, or do we sin because we're sinners?" And this is, uh, you know, this this pre and post is a good way to think about. Uh, you know what has happened we sin because we're sinners it we we don't just we're not part-time sinners when we sin right that's that's what's going on uh here in that uh post uh fall which uh we'll we'll look a lot at the covenant of grace uh and in subsequent chapters Robertson I think does you know a, a good job of saying Boy, that uh, phraseology of those covenants of works and grace are, they have some unintended consequences, and we'll talk about those in uh, uh, subsequent weeks. Uh, so uh, the, the uh, covenant curse in Genesis 3.15, I'll put my enmity uh, between your seed um, and uh, her seed, referring to Eve, uh, and that was essentially that uh, uh, redemptive, uh, the beginning of that redemptive, very uh, grace-filled uh, promise to his people. Um, Eve, seed wins. Uh, Romans 16, 20, uh, the God of peace will crush Satan under your uh, feet shortly. So there is where the New Testament refers all the way back uh, to that initial creative uh Uh, covenant and the fall uh, covenant Uh, even though this is a case where uh, and we talked a little bit about this yesterday too uh, Satan wasn't specifically identified Uh, it was the serpent Uh, and here a dot is connected that helps us uh, identify who that is Um, so uh, that's a very quick and, and by the way relative to all of the detail he goes through on the uh, AMD covenants, uh, his treatment of the noahic covenant uh, in that uh, preserving the creative order is pretty brief um, relative uh, to the others. So he thinks of that as this uh, uh, preservation aspect uh, of the creative covenant. Okay, I want to pause here Uh, Because next we're going to go into the second large, the trash can, the second large bucket of his treatment of the unity of these covenants, and that's what's the theme, what's the message uh, of these covenants. But before, so we went through an awful lot uh, on the, the what he calls the structural unity or the unity of the covenants that can be seen through structural. Uh, the history of the life of the people, the inauguration of the covenants, the genealogy. He buckets all of that into this structural description. So uh, before we move on, are there any uh, comments or questions or other uh, key points that come to your mind there? Jay. Yeah. so the, Jay, can they hear you from where you're at? So Jay's question was, um, I understand that these are a continuation of a single redemptive plan. The new covenant being the fulfillment of what was uh, forecasted. But since it's really is called a new covenant, how do we understand, uh, it sounds like it is a separate entity. You know, it's kind of a, a new thing. And that, that kind of goes to uh, some of the uh, wording and phrases that uh, can, uh, at, at particularly as you consider the context of the audience and the point that they're trying to make, sometimes it conflicts a little bit with God's overarching plan that we understand looking at the totality of scripture. But, uh, and and uh, Stephen had mentioned last week some of the translations uh, not just the Covenant Testament uh, idea uh, get in there, and at the times when these are uh, translated, uh, and I don't want to get ahead of my skis on uh, how new and old uh, you know are are uh, used and what those original uh, translations are, uh, but that's one of the that's one of the things that we have to very much be conscious of, um, Steve. full moon. Yeah, thank you, and just to uh, repeat a little bit what Stephen uh, said, he has reminded me that next week, uh, Robertson is gonna take us through uh, the diversity in the covenants, and he'll talk about uh, uh, you know, different times, different types of administrations, different formats, uh, and we'll, we'll walk through uh, a lot of that last week, uh, or excuse me, uh, next week. I got mixed up going back and forth in time in this lesson. Okay, uh, so in the, in the remaining time, were there any, any other uh, hands raised on this? Okay, so now uh, Robertson uh, segues to the thematic uh, treatment of these covenants. Uh, and he identifies, and, and Stephen uh, just talked about that, uh, this Emmanuel principle, God with us, uh, and how that uh, has taken different uh, forms perhaps uh, throughout all these covenants. Uh, so let's let's kind of uh, go there now, and you know, Stephen, you did a great job uh, summarize that. Uh, so in this thematic uh, treatment of God being with His people, the Emmanuel principle, He kind of uh, covers three aspects of that, uh, conveniently identified as A, B, and C in your uh, outline. I hope uh, uh, the first one is that uh, this theme. Uh, and again, he squishes down now to the AMD covenants and, and talks about this God with us uh, theme in the Abrahamic, Mosaic, and uh, Davidic uh, covenants. So the theme appears uh, in these and the new uh, covenants. Um, and, and listed there, uh, you can see in the outline, you know, the uh, Abraham, Mosaic, and Davidic covenants uh, where these are treated and and how that God with us manifests itself uh in each of those periods of time uh during uh those covenants uh so um starting with uh genesis seventeen uh and uh I think you mentioned this when we were going over that you know to be a god to be your God uh in the mosaic uh covenant uh this uh, uh appears uh, frequently uh, throughout, not just the inauguration of the covenant uh, that we looked at, uh, but also uh, the foreshadowing the time in uh, Egypt. Uh, that uh, was uh, all very much uh, present. Uh, so in uh, Exodus 6, uh, we, we kind of uh, talked about that while still in Egypt. I will uh, take you for my people and I will be your God. Uh, so that, that Exodus 6, that's the seven wills. Uh, so as we as he, we look at all of those promises, the latter promises uh, in six there figure prominently in terms of the land, and then uh, we we talked about at Mount Sinai. Um, if you obey, you'll still be, you know, a special uh, treasure to me above all people. Uh, and then 40 years later, uh, when they were getting ready to cross over, that that renewal of of uh, the covenant. Uh, also, uh, Levitisk, Leviticus uh, uh, handles this, and uh, Deuteronomy as well. And then in the uh, Davidic uh, covenant, the theme of uh, God uh, uh, with us uh, is there in uh, Second Kings and Second Chronicles. And you. I won't uh, go through those. Uh, you know, I, I will be your people to be a people uh, for Yahweh, and then you can read uh, some of the rest. Uh, Zechariah uh, will call that one out. Uh, that uh, prophesies about the New Testament and, and the inclusion of the Gentiles. So that's one of the points that is drawn out there. Uh, Robertson then uh, takes a look at uh, what goes on in Zechariah. Uh, so in addition to uh, I will be with you, I will be your people, I will uh, dwell among you, uh, he draws out that there is an ethical uh, dimension added to that phraseology in terms of righteousness. Uh, so you can read about that uh, a little there. And then the uh, counter to that in the New Testament he points out uh, is in Ephesians uh, where uh, you know, he says, speak truth. Uh, each one of you with his neighbor, for we are uh, members of one another. And then in the uh, New Covenant, um, this idea uh, that uh, Robertson draws out in uh, 2 Corinthians, uh, where uh, Paul is making the point that we are wholly set apart, uh, building on that righteousness theme of not being uh, like uh, the nations, Uh, but uh, set apart. Uh, So it's kind of looking at that from another uh, angle. And then I think someone mentioned that in Hebrews 8, Hebrews draws back to Jeremiah, cites Jeremiah uh, twice, I think. Uh, So that, uh, you know, he quickly goes through and identifies where in those covenants that theme directly uh, appears. And then a second point, then th- this is now dwelling. Uh, he he pulls apart dwelling in your midst and uh, cites uh, many of the uh, applications uh, of that, um, and makes the point that uh, both the kingdom and the covenant unite uh, under Emmanuel, under Christ. As Stephen mentioned, particularly, you know, this is the blood of my covenant. So um, that second part of. Uh, God being in our midst, and we'll look at next week. This is one of the ways uh, that we'll kind of see those differences, those diversities, uh, how that takes place. But it's all there. And then the the uh, final point um, that he makes is is uh, the the ultimate fulfillment in Christ uh, when he instantiates, when he inaugurates, gives that covenant. Uh, so it's no longer a promise but it's something that's uh, been uh, realized this is my blood uh so christ is the fulfillment it, it, you know the blood isn't just from an animal uh, sacrifice anymore my blood uh, is the fulfillment uh, of that uh so I, I was hoping to leave a little more uh time than i did Uh, but that was a very quick overview of Robertson's treatment of the unity of these covenants, uh, kind of anchoring with the AMD covenants and then extending and looking uh, at uh, both all of those structural aspects I talked about uh, plus the overall uh, message, the thematic unity, uh, he calls it in the covenant. Uh, So, uh, I, I know, Matthew, your goal uh, for this was to have more discussion uh, about this. And I've uh, this, this was an awful lot. Uh, I was initially supposed to teach two chapters today. And uh, Matthew uh, was ahead of me, and he said, uh, you're not going to make it. Uh, so let's, let's uh, split that up. So next week, we'll look at the diversity of the covenants. And then for the rest of the course, we'll, we'll kind of do a little bit of a deeper dive uh but uh, uh thoughts or questions uh from anybody on this uh treatment is it is it sufficient you know the way robertson buckets these things are there other aspects uh that uh, tie the unit the uh covenants together that maybe we uh we didn't talk about or you think about it in another in another way it is uh, very you know, comprehensive uh, outline-ish treatment. Mike. Right, well, the encouragement is this really is stage setting and, and helping us. You know, we're going to get many more bites at the apple uh, to kind of revisit this and see it when we look at uh, the covenant specifically. Uh, so I, I, I know this is a little, uh, um, it, it is a lot. And, and one other thing I want to foot stomp that uh, Mike mentioned the footnotes. Um, the footnotes are uh, for those of you who have been on virtual meetings. There, there's the the meeting and we're sitting on Teams or Zoom or whatever and then there's the chat and, and the chat is uh, like a whole separate meeting and there's lots of Q and A going on. Don't overlook uh, those footnotes um, because he, he kind of deep dives and, and it's also full of other references, uh, not that we need uh, too many more that we can go to, to kind of peel the onion on some of these ideas. So, you know, I almost, uh, sometimes I I go down rabbit trails just exploring those footnotes um, uh, versus what he's, you know, talking about or summarizing uh, in there. But yeah, uh, excellent point. I resemble everything you just said uh, the last week or two. any, Any other thoughts on this? Matthew. yeah thank you uh, uh for that uh other other uh comments all right well let me uh, close us in prayer dear lord and our god uh father thank you uh for uh you know presenting us with this and your sovereignty this hour uh that we could uh go over one man's uh summary uh of your redemptive Uh, So, Father, we uh, pray that as we are doing a book study uh, for this period of our Sunday school, that we would not lose sight uh, and we would uh, attribute things to Robertson that are Robertson's and attribute to you the things that are yours, uh, Father. So we we confess uh, that we may make that error from time to time, Father, but we uh, recognize and are in awe uh, of you, uh, Father. We are so thankful Uh, for the grace uh, that you've extended us, even to this day, even this morning, in calling us to yourself, Father, uh, and allowing us uh, to examine uh, this very broad overview uh, of our uh, understanding of your plan. Uh, Father, thank you uh, for this time. Uh, Father, we pray to you and, and give you the glory in the name of our Savior and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.